It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Hi. Sitting ovation this morning. We have a sitting <laughs> ovation because we are broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery Town Lake. And whenever we come to Pike, Mickey Gasway, my guest this morning as well, we do the little happy dance when we get to do the show inside because they bring us all these comfortable chairs to sit in <laughs> and comfortable little pods to swing around in. It is pretty darn wonderful to be at a Pike Nursery and be indoors with the comfortable furniture. That is why my audience did not give me a standing ovation. <laughs> they were scared somebody would snatch that chair out from under and start sitting it themselves. Oh, Lordy, welcome, my friends. I'm Walter Reeves. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, and we're here at the Town Lake Pine, the Town Lake Pike Nursery. Mickey Gasway, as I mentioned, is our guest this morning. And if you have a question about gardening, you can call. But better yet, why not come by? Why not come see us? We'll have Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits here after around 6.30, 6.45 this morning. You can have breakfast with us, get your garden questions answered, visit with people in the audience, see what it looks like to have a radio show made, which is pretty uninteresting usually. <laughs> but you can uh, ask us questions, and that's awful fun as well. If you have a question about a particular weed or a bug or something in your yard, that's another reason to come to a remote broadcast, because we can take a look at it right there while you're standing, while you wait, as we say, service while you wait. So, Ms. Gasaway. Yes, sir. What's blooming in your garden? What's fun? What's new? What's interesting? My Edgeworthy is is almost bloomed almost out. out. Right. I've got um, iris that were blooming until the cold came yeah. yesterday. Also, my blueberries. I think the cold got those. They do, were do your iris have any fragrance to the early ones? Have any fragrance? Because no. my neighbor has some blooming right now, and I've walked up, walked up, did a little neighborhood uh, look around the other day, and his were blooming a, but they're the ones that smell like grapes. Really? Yes, ma'am. Well, now I've never gotten down and sniffed them, but um, well, get down and sniff them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they're really pretty. But I yeah. think the cold got them. Well, mine. Thing. Oh well. Mine don't have any smell to them. I don't have any irises yet. I don't think up, and none of mine when they do bloom smell have any smell too. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I did notice yesterday that's just starting to open up is a Korean spice viburnum. Yes, I've got that yeah. too. And Ooh, it, yeah. and it wee, what a great smell. Mine is all the way to the back of I don't know how it got there. I didn't put it there, but it's it's it Somehow smells there. good too. Pink yeah. flowers, little ball mm -hmm. pink flowers yep. on it, it'll open up into the whitey pink. Yep. Oh man, oh man. If you have a question about scented plants, Mickey and I both enjoy just going around and sniffing all this. She evidently does not like to get down where her irises are <laughs> to smell them. But um, we have both of us plants that smell just about all year long. Pretty soon we'll have the Confederate jasmine that'll be blooming. That'll give us a nice smell sometime in April to May. And, and my just, Daphne's bloom is still blooming. Yeah, a little but bit. oh sure, not too not many much. flowers on no. it. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. But not it's lot. still. But Daphne's doing okay. Our phone number, by the way, 404-872-0750. If you have a garden question, call in. Get your question answered while you wait there on the other end of the phone. We will be here this morning until 9 o'clock at the Pike Nursery at Town Lake. And one of the things, Mickey, that I wanted to ask you about is the, 
West Cobb, where you work, what are the new plants that have come in? What are the new deliveries at the pike there? Well, we've got a lot of the early spring plants yeah. that do fairly good in the the cool season. Right. We've got we've got calibacoa, we've got uh, geraniums, right. all those that do well in the cool, not cold, cold, but snapdragons. You know, Got snapdragons. We've still I'm, got a few violas. My neighbor is gone for the week, and I'm thinking I'll buy some snapdragons this morning here. Mm-hmm. And go plant them in the front yard and see what they say when they come home. Oh, how sweet. I do that all what the time. What a nice neighbor you are. A lot of times it's because I have extra plants at my house. <laughs> I don't I take know those what plants else to do with my them. Neighbor. Yeah. Don't have any room at my house, surely, but uh, they do. they got lots of room. And oh, and my hellebores at my house are yeah. just blooming like crazy, too. I saw a hellebore. Someone <laughs> sent me a hellebore. Now, everyone knows what a hellebore is, a Lenten rose, Lenten right? Rose. Mm-hmm. Typically, the flower on a Lenten rose has a, just a single set of petals going around the center. The around the, but this one is a double. And the person said, I have no idea how this got in my landscape, but he had the prettiest white double hellebore and sent me pictures of it, and I was just it dumbfounded at how There's pretty it was. There's one called Frilly Kitty uh-huh. that is a, a double, but I can't remember if it's white or pink, but it's real yeah. pretty. But, you know, they never seed out. They seed out like different from, right. the, um, from the parents. What, what Mickey is referring to is that hellebores are famously sexually active, let's right. put it that way. And so they pollinate each other with abandon, and the seeds, as you see, lings that come up when you nurture them to maturity rarely look like the parents they look like cousin it down the street but they have a lot of possibilities sometimes they really do have a lot of possibilities which is probably where the first double hellebore came from and that's that's why we do have the named cultivars right because those are not done from seed those are done in tissue culture so they're exact clones of the parent now if you don't quite understand what tissue culture means as Go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll I tell you what it, it is I because did it when I was it, ooh, in yeah, it's more complicated <laughs> it's than you and I want to try to do at home. Yeah. But as we just mentioned, the hellebore will sexually will pollinate each other and get all sorts of weird-looking offspring. But if you have a particular pretty hellebore and you don't want it to ever change, you want it to be the exact clone of that plant you want to sell a thousand of them or a million of them, then you do something called tissue culture. And tissue culture is where you take just the tiniest little bit of plant. It can be just five leaf. or ten cells. Just little bitty bits of it. And this has to be in a laboratory. It has to be in very sterile conditions. But you take those five or six cells that the, you got from the hellebore plant and stick them into a test tube. It has a particular growing medium in there. And you put the test tube on a rack, and then you do that to the next 20 or 30 or 40 test tubes. And now you have 20 or 30 or 40 exact clones of the hellebore that you took the cells from. But you have to wash your hands in between. Because I tried be to do it when care. I was in school, and we were doing it with orchids, and mine rotted. And oh. they said it was because I didn't wash my you hands. Wash your hands. Oh. Sterile <clears throat> sterility is important to propagate plants. And that is the reason that we have so many orchids now, because they le- learn how to do tissue culture with orchids. And so the price of orchids, it used to be 40 and $50 for an orchid, went down to ten ninety nine, yep. things like that, because you can tissue culture orchids. It makes it so much easier to... Uh, to take care of them. Well, let's get through with this. Let's quit batting our gums here. Mickey, let's go to the phones. We've got people online who want to talk to us. And I cannot uh, hear, I cannot get Betty here because my pointer on my computer is not working here. No, no, not working. So let's talk to Betty. If we can get Jason, if you could hit the button for Betty. Well, good morning. Uh, hey, Betty. Good morning. How are you? want to talk about those pesky volunteer pear trees that have the thorns about <laughs> four to six inches long. Sure. What about them? Well, 
I don't have any Bradford pears. Where are these uh, seedlings coming from? Somebody, somewhere Somebody in your neighborhood had mm-hmm. a, or has probably still well, they do. a Bradford they do. pear. Yeah. And what happens is the original Bradford pear was supposed to be completely sterile, have no offspring, nothing, nothing bad was going to happen with the Bradford pear. It's that splitting in the wind, which you already knew when it was put on the market. But what they found out was that when you have a Bradford pear and another variety, another clone of, not, not clone of Bradford, but another different kind of Bradford pear, like what? Uh, Chanticleer's yeah, one. Chanticleer's. Um, an upright a, one. A, starts with an A. Anyway, there are two or three other clones of the calorie pear that do contribute pollen to a Bradford pear and make it have now fertile seeds. And little Bradford pear seedlings come up wherever you have those seeds that have been planted by squirrels and chipmunks and birds, I guess, and things like that. And those seedlings, just sort of going back to what we talked about a minute ago with the hellebores, those seedlings don't look like their parent of Bradford or Chanticleer or whatever flowering pear. They look like their old grandpa pear, which yeah. is an old guy with nine-inch <laughs> long thorns that will stick you in the foot and make you collar. That's what you have, seedlings, calorie, pear. You can cut them off and put, uh, just cut them off, and right as you cut them up, you will fuse some striped Roundup. And that you, if you don't like the... If you the don't want the, the thorny, thorny ones. We've, we've had three flat tractor tires uh, <laughs> <laughs> just this week. Yeah, it's flat wow. again. Uh, came in the house yesterday and said, it's flat again. Got to take it and get it fixed. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll, it'll go through tractor tires easy. So as Mickey said, the best you can do is to go out and chop it down, maybe without the tractor this time, <laughs> but you go out and chop that plant down and put Roundup, straight Roundup on the stump to help it not to sprout ever again. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to work on that. I've got a lot of them in the pasture. Well, well you've got yeah. a husband and he's willing and you're able, and so there you go. Get out <laughs> we'll and get do it. it done. We'll do it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks for calling, Betty. Uh-huh. It's 617 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather, to, weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. This afternoon, rain coming around noontime today, some today and some tomorrow as well. The high today around 60, 61 degrees. Overnight lows not too much lower in the, the mid-50s tomorrow, about the same. 60s and 50s for highs and lows. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Mary is out in Douglasville and joins us on Lawn and Guard. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Uh, I just wanted to know, how do I go about planting a gardenia that I got in January? Is it still in the pot, Mary? It's still in the pot, uh uh-huh. One of the best things you can do, and one of the things I've started doing myself more than I used to do forever, was to wash the soil off of the plant before you plant it. And that seems totally dumb. It seems totally not the right thing to do. But you will get great success if you wash the dirt as much as you can off of the gardenia before you plant it and straighten okay. out the roots just let them go into different mm-hmm. directions from the from the potted from the root ball now mickey and i started years and years ago loosening the roots we'd get a knife or a fork or our fingers or something loosen the roots up but washing the soil off gives you just that much more opportunity to bend the roots out and spread them in different directions so that they go in in uh, the directions they would want to grow and okay. mickey what would you do for a gardenia to 
to uh, amend the soil? What kind of soil would you I do? I wouldn't, no lime because they like acid okay. soil. So you could use the planting mix or one of those that would do good just to open up the clay. If you look at clay under a microscope, the particles are flat and you need Little to open up the soil. Yeah. So that, uh, I should so say planting mix, is that what you Planting mix is good. Mix something with dirt. bark in it. Bark, if you. Bark based. One of the interesting things, Mickey, is that this planting mix that y'all sell doesn't have quite as much bark in it as the pine mulch does. The well, little fine. The, you mean the uh, soil conditioner? Yeah, the soil, soil conditioner. Condition. Right, right, right. It's, I think that's all it is, is ground pine bark. And I like and ground pine I bark. And sometimes I use that too. I, if you're going to mix it with the soil, the soil conditioner is fine. If you're just going to. Like some people just dig a hole, which I don't like doing that, but and just adding something else and not mixing it with the soil, then you need to use the soil conditioner. The soil conditioner. I mean so the planting, the planting mix. mix. That's what <laughs> I thought you meant. Soil conditioner to the dirt, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. mix and it mix half it and half. It'd be half nice, Mary, to have a you know an area about oh five or six feet in diameter around the gardenia where you're going to plant in the middle, of course. But the whole area should be amended because the roots of that gardenia over the years will spread four or five feet. And so amending a good area around it so the roots but not go deep. really easily. Oh, but yeah, not, it doesn't they don't do go very deep. deep anyway. But not deep, you said. Not, not deep. deep. No. I don't ever deep anything deeper than the, the pot that it's in. Okay, and she okay. Yeah. And, and when should I do this? Now. Now? Have you had it, in, in, have you had it inside or outside? What have you done it's with it, Mary? Inside by a window. Oh, 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 oh okay. We have to wait until it's a little warmer outside. Because yours is now tender, right? Because it's got the temperatures of indoor. Right. You know, house, yeah. It was probably a florist. Was it? Was it from the florist? Was yes. it a florist gardening? Yeah. Florist. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's real, real tender, and you may or may not have success with the flowers on it. Usually you do, but some florist gardenias yeah. just don't seem to ever bloom very well. But nonetheless, it's tender, so we don't want to do the planting now. If you just bought it from a nursery, from Pike or something, uh, then it's fine to plant them outside now. But yours would be sort of a tender one. Let's wait till mm, first of April, something like that. When the nighttime temperatures are reliably above 50 or 55 degrees, that's when you can plant. If you things put outside. it up next to a wall, that helps and even then, yeah, it can, helps warm it up sometimes a little sure bit. Does. Okay, well, it's not going near a wall, so well, temperatures above. Do the best you can. <laughs> temperatures okay. above 50. It'll be sometime in in first of April, probably when that'll happen. Okay. Well, thank okay. you very much, Walter. Good luck with the gardenia, Mary. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Bye. Bye. We'll see you soon. Do you, know, do you know what they used to call gardenias? Do you know what the old name uh, was? My daddy called them this. The, Cape Jasmine. Cape Jasmine. That's Cape right. Jasmine I knew it had a J in there. Cape Jasmine. It's um, interesting sometimes to know the old-time mm -hmm. names of plants because sometimes folks will call me, Mickey, and say, I have a sultana. I have a sultana, and I want to know what to do with it. And that is an impatience plant. And if I had not heard my grandmother refer yep. to it as a sultana, I wouldn't know what the heck it is. <laughs> Our phone number on Lawn and Garden is 404-872-0750. We're broadcasting live this morning from Pike Nursery, Town Lake. Don't forget, this is the morning you get a strawberry plant with every purchase you make here. Take it home and have some strawberry shortcake this summer. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Another sitting ovation. 
<laughs> the audience here is not motivated to stand, but soon as the Chick-fil-A guy gets here, they will all stand and turn their back to me and go to the back of the Pike Nursery store because they want to have their Chick-fil-A. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Chick-fil-A at Town Lake, here at Town Lake Parkway in Woodstock, and you are welcome to come visit us. There he is. There's the coffee, everybody. All right, until you're waiting for him to set it up. He'll set it up on the table, and we'll have the Chick-fil-A biscuits out here in just a minute. It's one of the things about our broadcast. When we do it, remote broadcast making, we have something to feed people and to give away. And we have not only WSB giveaways, but also I have little sample packets of Milorganite fertilizer and Hollytone fertilizer as well, both of them good organic fertilizers. And we'll have those here. You don't have to purchase anything for that. You have strawberries this morning at all pipe locations. One strawberry plant per person per purchase. So if you want to start your strawberry bed, this would be the day to do it because you get a free plant. They also have this morning here the strawberry giveaway, giveaway plants, pots and potting soil. And then over the weekend, strawberry plants, herbs, geraniums, and the uh, flower cherry trees that we had last weekend. And we've got a class at all the stores at 9 o'clock. So I hope everybody come out of that strawberry to show you class. how to build, how to I think it's all berries. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. I think it's all berries. <clears throat> so that should be interesting. So that should be 9 o'clock, all Pike Nursery locations. And where would we go to find where's the local Pike Nursery location? At pikenursery.com. Thank you very much, Ms. Mickey Gasaway there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's go to the phones. William has a question about his uh, T.R. We need to answer for him. Hey, William, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you great, William. Uh, okay. Uh, I, uh, my lawn is going through a major renovation, yeah. and I have two mature sea olives that are in my backyard that I want to transplant to the front yard because okay. they're going to be in the way of a pool. Uh, so how, so how, how big are these mature tea olives, William? Seven feet tall. Yeah, big root ball. Somebody's got a lot of digging in front of him. Um, it's going to be tough to move one that big, William. Okay. Uh, but it can be done, right? Well, a lot of things can be done. I've seen great big live oak trees uh, transplanted. 30, 40 foot tall live oak trees have been transplanted. Okay. But they took uh, tractors and digging implements and things like that. They had to do a big job to get that moved. How big would you say the root ball needs to be, Nikki? It needs to be wide, probably at least Two, seven. Three, no, I would think longer, wider than that. Six uh, or seven. This time of year. But how's it going to get? How you can't lift it? It's too heavy. Get under it and put a tarp under it. Miss Gasaway has exactly what you need to do, William. As you dig on the either side of your root ball, and I think she's probably right. Three or four feet wide root ball, three or four foot diameter root ball is what you're trying to get, and only about you know, ten inches, maybe deep, maybe less than that, eight inches, depending on how deep the, the roots go. But as you dig, you sort of slide a tarp, a blue tarp, underneath there. Blue and tarp. Said, well, that's what they call blue tarps. And what do you use? I say tarp. Well, I didn't know blue they were tarp. All blue. They're all blue. I about that. Except the ones that are gray. <laughs> about that. Get or a blue yellow. tarp. They're better for you, oh, William. Okay. Anyway, better. you take the tarp and you saw it back and forth. You get underneath the plant, loosening the roots as you go. And then when you have the tarp completely under the root ball, William, you can t tug it from the backyard up to the front yard where you want to move them to. Okay. And is there any kind of special soil prep for the, for the new, new old? I think the easier you make those roots to go out, so again, I'd probably add some soil conditioner. And you could use okay. one of the root starters, too. Oh, yeah, sure. We've got one called Sure Start. We've got another one that says 
I think it says plant start or something, and it just stimulates root growth without putting on top growth, because that's your goal. You want to put on the roots before you put on the top, so it's yeah. not so much work on them. So sure start or a plant starter, plant either start, one, so. William. It's a but liquid. That might be easier. Watering is the real yeah. key thing for the next oh, six or eight months. You really, really have to keep an eye on the plant because it's an evergreen plant. And even though it seems like it doesn't need to be watered in the spring when the rain has been pretty, pretty um, copious, you still have to water it. And during the summertime, particularly when it's real hot, William, you've got to water that thing sometimes once or twice a week. Okay. I All right. Thank you very much. It's and mulch it good, too. Don't that's right. Mulch, little pine star, or pine chip mulch yeah. would be a good thing, too, William. Okay, that's great. Thank you. All right. Bye -bye. Great talking to you. Thanks for calling, William. We'll see you soon. we got Tina on the line. She's over in Athens, Georgia, in Clark County, the classic city in Athens. Tina, hey, good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, I just help? want to ask you this question. I have a yard that's on a hill. And um, I've only been here a couple of years, but they used to mulch it, yeah. that whole yard. And uh, I don't mulch it, so well, I want to throw seeds. I mean, it's got leaves and stuff on it, and it's kind of like woodsy looking. Right. Um, but I wanted to grow something on it uh, that it just grows, and I don't have to cut on it or nothing. Maybe, so you uh, want so not, you don't want a lawn, which is good because probably yeah. you have enough trees that the lawn wouldn't grow anyway. Yeah. So you want you want what a, what I would call a ground cover. Is that right, Tina? Yeah. So let's see. So ground cover for a woodsy location. Vinca minor. Vinca minor would grow very nice. That's a vine. Vinca minor. V i n c a. Vinca minor would be the first thing to choose from. They have little blue flowers on them. They're right now. They're and blue. right now, right? They're blooming right now. So Pretty. Vinca minor is one. Asian jasmine. Asian jasmine. Asiatic jasmine would be another one. It would grow pretty well in the shade. That would be another. Yeah, uh, it needs a little more sun, though. What do you think about Do you all sell chrysogonum evergreen yeah, and gold? Yeah, we do. We do sell green, green and gold. gold. Green we and do. gold is another That's one, a native. That works very nice. A native plant. It grows great in the shade. It has little green leaves but yellow flowers. That's why it gets the name green and gold. So does it have to be watered a lot or... Uh I think once they're established, most of these are pretty tough plants. The Asiatic jasmine, in particular, is a tough plant. Um, I mean, a I little water to get started. I think it a little more sun, though, don't you? I've yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's sort of loose, but it yeah. still grows in the medium well, the shade. Part, let's call yeah, it. Looks strange in the yard. I mean, all the neighbors have grass. And then yeah. My bank, it's a bank basically. It does. It is exposed to the sun a lot. Uh -huh. the trees are further back. Then that's where the Asiatic jasmine should go. Is the place that gets more sun. Or the um, the red uh, euonymus. Creeper euonymus. No, yeah. Winter creeper euonymus. Winter creeper. Purple winter creeper. Purple winter creeper or winter creeper euonymus is another plant we just thought of saying. So you got at least four there to do. You're over in Athens, so it was sort of a trek to come to Atlanta. Of course, any Pike nurse would be happy to help you. But in Athens, you got Kofer's Home and Garden, and run by and ask Stuart what he thinks there too as well. Okay, well, I appreciate it. It makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> if we made you feel better, that makes us happy. Thanks for calling, Tina. Thank you. Bye bye. We'll see you soon. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven. Fish is the number on Lawn and Garden. You can call in, get your question answered while you wait right here online. Chris is in Stockbridge and joins us. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, welcome. What's up? I'm wondering if I can um, put down just a weed kill now, opposed to the pre-emergent. I'm thinking that's coming up in about two weeks. Well, the pre-emergent, I'm saying you probably go ahead and get it done yeah. now. You'll get 
not 100% control, but the crabgrass has already started, started emerging, so you can't put a pre-emerger down and kill that. But if you want to put a pre-emerger down, I think it's still plenty of time to get pretty good control of crabgrass for the summertime. But yeah, you can do weed killer, you know, Roundup or one of the other non-selective weed killers could be used now before your seed if you want to plant some seed. So you think the, the Roundup is a good, because I had checked, would that round, Roundup create a problem for my pets? Well, I didn't quite get that, Chris. You're breaking up some. Yes. Yeah, I, well, my wife has a um, Boston cherry, and she's worried that the Roundup might create a problem for the, the dog. Once it dries. Yeah, I think the label says that once it dries, you could let animals out on it, your kids or you or whoever. So I follow the label, Chris. Wait 24 hours if that's what the label says, and then it's safe to put the dog or the or whoever out there on it. Okay, so the Roundup is, is something that you would recommend is pretty good? It will kill any Everything. plant it touches. So don't spray it on your wife's pretty you know, cherry tree or anything <laughs> like that. But if you want to kill a weed, Roundup will work just fine. And there are also organic ways of controlling weeds, too. We need to mention that. You don't have mm -hmm. to use Roundup. There are uh, organic things. And uh, do we have any of the vinegar-based uh, weed killers here, Meg? We've got one, but I don't know if it's vinegar-based. There, uh, there are at least two or three ways of killing a plant organically, one of which is to use a very, very strong solution of vinegar, not the stuff you have in your kitchen, Chris, but the stuff that's made. It's called horticultural weed-killing vinegar. It's about 20 or 30 percent. Very strong acid will kill plants that way. There's a herbicidal soap that you can spray on plants, and the soap just dissolves the wax off the leaves. They dry out within uh, four hours sometimes. It just dries them right off. And then there's another one that I rarely see on here at nurseries in Atlanta, but it's a very concentrated solution of iron. And when a broadleaf plant absorbs a lot of iron at one time, it kills the plant. They need a little bit, but not a lot. And so this uh, Natria, N-A-T-R-I-A, iron herbicide is an organic way of killing broadleaf plants when you don't want to hurt your grass. Okay, this sounds about right. Listen, yeah. I do appreciate your time. Chris, it's great talking to you. Have a good day. Drive safely. Have fun, Chris. We'll see you soon. We've got... Yeah, do we have time? We do have time. Evelyn, if you will go really quick right here, we'll get you in. You can be about your day. Evelyn has a question about white flies. Evelyn, good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can we help? Well, I had two questions. Uh, when can I transplant a hydrangea? And also, how to get rid of the white flies that are eating up the leaves in my shrubs, my azaleas, the hydrangeas, roses, everything. Well, for the transplanting, it's like we told Chris a minute ago, it's going to be, you got to get a big root system on hydrangeas to get them to survive wow, during the heat yeah. of the summer. So a lot of work, but you can transplant them now if you want to. If they're not terribly, terribly big and you have get underneath and get the roots all with it and use that tarp, the blue tarp that I recommended earlier. Uh, you can so it'll match the, the flowers. It'll match the flowers, that's right. The tarp go underneath and drag it around if you want to do that. As far as white flies, the organic way of controlling white flies is hard because you have to get very, very thorough coverage underneath the leaves of everything the white flies are on. And Evelyn, that's hard. You got to spray them up have, a lot. I, will you describe how you said they were eating the leaves? What do the leaves look like? Uh, well, they start like shriveling up, and they'll, some of them they'll make holes in the leaves. It's not white flies. It's not white flies. It's not white flies. Good well, catch, Mickey. And I'll see the little white fly things flying out there from the bushes when I like. Uh, I haven't done the water hose this year yet, but when I do the water hose, and if, if I'm trimming those 
Oh, they come flying out of the bush. I okay. think what you, I, don't, I think you've got a combination. Don't right. you? Um, Some caterpillars or something, something eating else, the holes. White fly have got they don't it's not possible for them to chew. They're not chew they're sucking insects yeah. instead of chewing insects. What you see with them, you see the especially on azaleas, I see it all the time, they get white blotches on the top and then yeah. you turn them over and it's got brown spots. But there's a product called Imidacloprid. Yeah. And it's in Bayer Tree and Shrub, it's in Bronide's got another one, and that it, you put it in the root of the plant, root around the roots of the plant, it lasts a year. Uh-huh. It poisons the plant, so whenever any sucking insect sucks on it, it kills it, and so it works good. But poisons it's safe for the, the plant. Sound. Safe for the plant. Safe for the plant. Yeah. Again, the two products, Evelyn, one is Bayer Tree and Shrub, and the other is Bonide Systemic Granules. Both of them are called Something systemic like insecticides because they get in the system of the plant. They make the sap poisonous to anything that sucks on it, and that way the uh, the insect is controlled, but the plant itself isn't harmed. Evan, we got to go, but thank you for your call. At 648, we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Come back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Well, it's all. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. This morning is pretty dry outside, so if you're going to do your gardening, do it today before noon because noon and the rain starts coming in. 90% chance of rain today. The high today in the low 60s overnight in the low to mid 50s. Tomorrow about the same. Rain coming in, but your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Town Lake on Town Lake Parkway. You can come in. The Chick-fil-A guy has arrived. We've got Chick-fil-A biscuits here and some coffee for you to enjoy as you come and visit with us at the local Pike Nursery at Town Lake. Rob is in Kenton, Georgia. Hey, Rob. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. I wish I could have stopped. I just drove by Pikes there on Town Lake. <laughs> I could have gotten some Chick-fil-A. Oh, well. Okay. Hey, How can uh, we help? <laughs> hey, last week I lived in the middle of a forest. And this week, a developer came in and took out all the trees around us. Wow. So, uh, uh, I'm looking for some really quick-growing trees that will give us a little more privacy. My problem is is that it has to be on the outside of my fence of the backyard, and there's only about three feet um, of my property left outside that fence. So I need a tree wow. that I could put in a three-foot spot that will grow quick. And do you want it to still remain three feet wide, Ever? or can it get bigger, wider than that as it grows in that three-foot spot? Well, uh, it'll hit the fence on one side, but yeah. I guess it can cross the property line on the other side. That's Are you looking for something that's evergreen or something that... Probably evergreen, yes, ma'am. Arborvitaes. Yeah, emerald green arborvitae is relatively narrow, gets pretty tall, gets to 10 or 15 feet high. You have and to keep it watered, though. goes pretty fast. The key to emerald green arborvitae is water in the summertime and water in the wintertime. Don't think that it is not thirsty. Uh, when it's green, it is still thirsty, and when it's brown, you've killed it. So <laughs> be careful with uh, watering the emerald green arborvitae. But that is a good Sounds narrow wide. plant that would give you some screening pretty quickly. Can you keep the lower half of that pretty well trimmed? Yeah, so sure. Push sure. up against yeah. the fringe? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate if that. You, hey, Rob, if you want another yeah. uh, sort of list of things that are screening plants, maybe you'll choose something else if you see a picture of it. On my website, WalterReeves.com, I've got a, a, plant, a, a whole list of plants that are good for screening evergreens as well as some that are, lose their leaves but are so thickly growing that they're good screens even in the winter where they don't have any leaves. But go on my website, just type the word screening and uh, okay. one word in the search line and that'll take you to the page. It has all the trees and plants that I think make good screening things and uh, see if that doesn't add a few more to your, to your list of things you can use. Awesome, thank you. Can I ask one quick thing? If I were to put some Bradford pears in, although they wouldn't be evergreen, yeah. um, can I keep the bottom five feet trimmed up where it won't be pushing against the fence, but eventually the Bad top idea. half would... Rob, Bad idea. don't ask me to recommend Bradford pear. I'm not going to do it. My wife just likes those white flowers. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Then just drive around and enjoy them all she wants to, just not on your property, I would say. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, Rob. Now I'm going to call, go home, and he's going to have a marriage conflict. And we cause it, Mickey. It's our fault. It's our fault completely. But I am not going to recommend Bradford pear. It's a beautiful plant in other people's yards. For that about is five true. years. For about five years, and then it starts mm -hmm. breaking apart. I found them. And uh, Teresa Shrum used to say it's like a teenager. You get to be 15 years old, and they all fall apart. It's like her two daughters were. Don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday. You can pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution at just about any place around that sells papers and sells your uh, goods during the, sun, during the weekend. It has great coverage of the Georgia legislature right now. And, man, we do need some coverage of them, plus local, national, and state news as well. That's your Atlanta Journal-Constitution Sunday edition. 404-872-0750 is the number you can dial if you have a question about gardening. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery on Town Lake Parkway. Strawberry Saturday at all Pike locations. Get a free strawberry plant with a purchase, of course. you got to have a little purchase there. The class this morning at 9 o'clock on how to grow burying plants, all Pike Nursery locations, as well as here at Town Lake Parkway, we'll be giving away a strawberry planting kit, which is a strawberry jar, some strawberry plants to put in it, and some potting soil to plant them in. All that here at the Town Lake Parkway Pike Nursery. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves along with Mickey Gasway. We'll be back to Lawn and Garden after news.